Welcome to the Governance Voice Podcast, your source for news, trends, and challenges in the world of corporate governance. Governance Professionals of Canada is a member organization that promotes and supports the role of governance professionals across Canada. We provide valuable information on recent changes and developments that affect governance professionals, their boards, and their organizations. Each month, we dedicate a podcast episode to a key governance-related topic. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Governance Professionals of Canada is providing this podcast as a public service and an informative resource on issues in governance. Our content is not intended as a legal representation nor a formal statement of GPC's policy, opinion, or recommendations. Any reference to specific products, services, or entities does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by GPC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of their views or of any entity they represent. GPC does not take responsibility for content produced outside of our organization. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our organization at info at gpcanada.org. That's info at gpcanada.org. Welcome to the Governance Voice, the new GPC podcast series. I'm Lynn Beauregard, President of Governance Professionals of Canada. And today I'm sitting down with Krista Wessel, the Chief Operating Officer and General Counsel of Clearview Strategic Partners. Uh, Clearview Strategic Partners provides a secure, mobile-enabled, multi-channel reporting solution where your employees and stakeholders can securely and anonymously report wrongdoing, raise concerns, and voice ideas. We're going to be focusing on the topic of whistleblowing. Some of the things that we're going to be covering are why you should be thinking about whistleblowing, a breakdown of essential components of a whistleblowing system, myth busters about whistleblowing, and a number of other wonderful things that Krista is going to introduce to us. So welcome, Krista. Thanks, Lynn. It's so great to be here with you today, and I'm excited to have this opportunity to talk to your members about uh, whistleblowing. Excellent. Well, at our 2019 GPC Annual Conference, which uh, took place in Quebec City last August, Krista hosted one of the most well-attended sessions entitled The Corporate Whistleblower, Why Whistleblowing Should Be Top of Mind for All Boards and Governance Professionals. Some of the key session topics included elements of effective whistleblowing systems, the role of the Corporate Secretary Award in whistleblower programs, and key trends in recent times. So clearly people are interested in learning more about the topic. So as we launch our podcast series, Krista was someone we definitely wanted to talk to because whistleblowing has been obviously in the news for the past few years and it's top of mind for boards and corporate governance professionals. So we want to talk more about the issues around this important topic and how it continues to evolve. So Krista, for our listeners who don't yet know you, I believe you have an economics and law degree as your education background. You sort of sat in many of those chairs that we're going to be talking to our audience today. So Krista, for our listeners who don't yet know you, how did your economics and law degrees bring you into whistleblowing at Clearview? Thanks, Lynn. That's a great, great question. Um, I grew up as a, uh, as a young girl with a really strong sense of justice and fairness and what was right and what was wrong, and I was always interested in business. It's one of the reasons I went into business law, to try to combine those two interests. I started my career as an outside counsel at McCarthy Tetro and moved into an in-house role at Siemens just around the time that SOX came into force and when Siemens was starting to build up its compliance program, and I was appointed the compliance officer. A few years later, Siemens was being investigated by the SEC and the DOJ for bribery and corruption 
Commission. So I was involved in that entire investigation. I always make sure I tell people that the region that I was responsible for was in fact no wrongdoing was found. So that's an important thing and I like to think I had something to do with that. I then had the opportunity to move to McCain Foods in a global role as Chief Legal Officer where I was also responsible for compliance and ethics. And I've also had the privilege of sitting on a number of boards and chairing a number of HR and governance committees. My various roles have allowed me to develop and operate compliance and ethics programs, including whistleblower programs and ethics reporting systems from all sides of the table. Wow. So that really, obviously, you know, has put you on all sides of the spectrum. Imagine that you've been able to see both as the head of compliance and ethics program, as investigator, as a member of the senior leadership team, even as a board member, how it has unfolded on all sides and really understanding the perspectives. That's absolutely true, Lynn. It's one of the best parts about being at Clearview is that I'm able to draw on all of my history and experience in working with our clients at Clearview and helping to make sure that our system and our support and services are designed to meet our clients' needs and also to be able to anticipate future trends and and the needs that are continuing to evolve from ethics reporting systems uh, going into the future. Thanks, Krista. I think that makes perfect sense. So now, hopefully, everyone has heard of whistleblowing by now, uh, but just to establish a knowledge baseline, could you maybe provide us a little bit of information on what whistleblowing is as a whole to our listeners and what exactly is it? Sure, sure. I could talk for days about this, but I'll try to keep it to a couple of minutes. The purpose of a whistleblowing system is to really support the organization, the workforce, the public, or the environment from harm. At its core, that's what it's intended to do. A whistleblowing hotline or whistleblowing system, whatever you want to call it, is a means of communication that ensures employees and other stakeholders can report on any action, behavior, or incident relating to the organization or connected to the organization on a wide range of topics. For example, unethical or unlawful behavior such as fraud, violation of the law, a breach of a code of conduct or policies, conflicts of interest. The name whistleblowing system, I think, uh, conjures up the idea of a telephone-based service, but these days, telephone-based services are usually complemented by other reporting options such as a web-based portal or email or other mechanism. Whistleblowing systems can be set up by organizations internally or they can be outsourced to a third party. Third-party systems generally provide greater assurances of confidentiality and anonymity to the whistleblower or reporter. So I have a question. What then should a whistleblowing program or an ethics reporting program, as I've heard you kind of mention both, um, what should those include? What are the essentials? Sure. The one thing I'm going to say is that every organization is different and every organization is going to need to decide exactly what it needs to make an effective whistleblower program. But I can speak to generally the kinds of things that encompass a good whistleblower program. I think a whistleblowing or ethics reporting program should include the following three things. Um, Reports that are made should be received by management or another body that can take action on the report. Uh, It should include a commitment by the organization to no retaliation against whistleblowers or reporters, and it has to be supported by communications, by effectively setting the tone at the top by the most senior people in the organization who are committed to receiving reports and taking action on them. And I'm sure all of that requires quite a number of steps. Are there any um, resources, links, papers that, that would be useful for someone who wants to find out more about whistleblowing? 
a good resource for anyone who wants to understand more about whistleblowing systems or to take a fresh look at their current system would be the Canadian Standards Association's Guide on Whistleblowing Systems, which can actually be found on their website. Another great source for guidance is the ISO standards. There's one called 19,600-19660. It sets out standards for compliance management systems and, and has a lot of good guidance in it on uh, whistleblowing systems. And there's actually a new ISO standard that's being developed for release in 2021, which is actually very specific for whistleblowing management systems, and it's going to be called ISO 37002, a good thing to watch for. Great. Thank you, Krista, for that. Next question I have is, I've, I've heard you mention employees and stakeholders when it comes to whistleblowing programs. So just curious, could you elaborate on who specifically are the stakeholders in these types of programs? That's a, a good question and a, and a trend that we see evolving as our clients are looking to expand the pool of people who they want to receive information from. And our clients typically will start with their employees reporting to the, the ethics reporting system or the whistleblower hotline. But if you think about it, many other individuals encounter or interact with an organization, for example, clients, customers, citizens, vendors, and suppliers, and they all observe and encounter wrongdoing by the organization or have concerns about the behaviors or actions of an organization. So there's a huge source of potential information. And so what we found is that many organizations are now including some or all of those schools of people and individuals in their whistleblowing or ethics reporting program. And so we call them stakeholders. Thank you, Krista. So I mentioned earlier that you guys presented at our annual conference and we had a great session, great dialogue. Why is it important to have this conversation at a conference for governance professionals. Why is it important for the governance professional? I think, Lynn, it's because whistleblower programs and ethics reporting systems can be a key indicator to an organization about its workplace culture. It can help management and the governance professionals working in that organization, for example, corporate secretaries, compliance and risk officers, um, other professionals working with the board in, in whatever capacity, but it helps them identify and address concerns before they become larger and more costly issues. Effective, well-used whistleblower programs have been associated with actually improved business performance, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. There was a recent study, actually the first of its kind, on the use and efficacy of internal whistleblowing systems. It was conducted by George Washington University and the University of Utah. That study actually looked at 14 years of anonymized reporting hotline data. That sounds like a great study. I'd, I'd be curious, what are some of the findings? Actually, the study found that increased hotline reporting, so more reports coming into the system, was directly related to better business performance, which is not intuitive. I think a lot of governance professionals will think less reports means my organization is doing better, and in fact, it showed the contrary. The study found higher levels of hotline use was associated with higher profitability and workplace productivity, fewer large material lawsuits and reports to external agencies, and also overall a generally healthier workplace culture, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. For all of those reasons, I think governance professionals should be very interested in reporting activity and understanding that more reporting is actually better for the organization. Sounds like a more empowered organization. That's exactly right. Great. 
it's why I love talking to governance professionals about the value they can obtain from these systems and how they can use them to make their organizations better. The tools actually exist and I can help them understand how to use them better, what they can be asking for from the systems, what information and analysis they can expect from the systems. I think it just makes them better in their roles and I think they then in turn help the organization be better. So before we move on from the conference, I remember we did some live polling of the audience. Do you remember what we asked and what some of the answers were? Yes, I do, Lynn. First question asked was um, a survey regarding the type of ethics reporting or whistleblowing system that organizations had in place. And the survey uh, reflected that most organizations had some type of um, system in place, but almost 60% were operating an internal system. And best practices certainly suggest that a third-party system provides reporters with or whistleblowers with greater comfort their identity will be protected and they will uh, not be outed. Right. Speaking of uh, an internal system, um, you have used the term ethics reporting system. How is that different from a whistleblowing program? I tend to use those terms interchangeably and different audiences understand them differently. So for me, it's a kind of a continuum. At its very core, whistleblowing is about wrongdoing and any ethics reporting system is going to include an element within it that addresses wrongdoing or what historically has been called whistleblowing. The trend that we've been seeing for a number of years now is that organizations are moving their formerly called whistleblowing systems into ethics reporting systems where they're inviting employees and stakeholders to not only speak about or raise concerns about wrongdoing or report wrongdoing, but actually raise concerns generally and voice their ideas and ask questions and just have a different type of engagement with the organization. So for me, the shift is very much towards now ethics reporting systems. Great. Um, let's now talk about some myths and misconceptions around uh, whistleblowing. And I thought we'd have a GPC-style myth-busting lightning round. So I'm going to say um, true or false, and then you can give us an idea of where we're coming from. So true or false, number one. Is a whistleblower considered a leaker or a snitch? Sadly, uh, they shouldn't be, but they sometimes are. And uh, that comes from, I think, a lot of history around... Um, uh, whistleblowers telling on their friends, or in Second World War, people were snitching on resistance forces. And so there's a lot of kind of history and negative connotation around whistleblowers. So we work very hard to try to value whistleblowers and to try to encourage them as uh, a positive force in the organization. But I would say there's still stigma around them in, in some cases. That's unfortunate. True or false number two, whistleblowers are either disloyal or heroes. Uh, let's take Edward Snowden, for example. Is he a hero or a villain? Lynn, you picked one of the most complicated examples of a whistleblower that I can personally think of. So Snowden claims that he tried to raise uh, his ethical concerns through internal channels before he went public. He says no one listened to him, which is why he went public. The data actually shows that whistleblowers or reporters always or typically attempt to raise their concerns internally first, and only when they aren't listened to do they actually go public. That's not always the case, but in a majority of cases, it is so. So if it's true that Snowden did raise his ethical concerns internally first, then one might say he's a hero. 
However, in this instance, the information Snowden released was actually classified information and put people and, and circumstances and facilities at risk. And I think that's partly why Snowden is actually viewed by most people as a villain. Very, very complicated case indeed. So, true or false, uh, number three, having a whistleblower system in place will prevent hashtag MeToo issues in my organization. False. Um, it won't prevent them, but it will definitely help a great deal at ensuring those kinds of issues are reported and dealt with. And it really also will help the organization set clear standards for behaviors that won't be tolerated. To a false number four, whistleblower systems allow people to come forward without fear of retaliation. The answer to that one should be always true, and it's very much a part of what Clearview seeks to deliver to our reporters. Our commitment is that uh, reporting through Clearview means the reporter will remain anonymous and the report can't be traced back, and therefore no retaliation will uh, will follow. Most organizations have policies in place that ensure or that state that no retaliation is permitted. And when retaliation does occur, organizations really need to take action against the retaliators to send a strong message that they mean what they say. So along the same lines, you know, obviously there's been some things popping up in the news that might deter whistleblowers mm -hmm. and political circles and so on. Can you talk a little bit about that and whether or not that's going to be an issue? Yeah, I find I follow those cases uh, with great interest, and uh, I, I'm always interested in kind of what the system is that they came up through. Did they try to report things internally? Did they follow the process that had been set out with them for them, etc.? It, it's concerning because the things that you see happening in the news lately are challenging, you know, decades worth of effort on the part of many people to establish a solid, proper, um, clear uh, whistleblowing channel. And if the top of the house, whether it's at an organization or at government, is willing to ignore the process and ignore the commitments that it's made to people, i.e. we'll keep your identity confidential, uh, we will not retaliate against you. If those are being challenged by the top of the house, then it makes me wonder uh, what's going to happen going forward to these decades that we've spent trying to build up good systems. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Um, maybe you can tell me a little bit about actually the Barclays bank case where um, they actually did try to identify an anonymous whistleblower. Mm -hmm. It's a real life example about how not to deal with an anonymous uh, whistleblower. Jess Staley was the uh, CEO of Barclays Bank and in 2016 anonymous letters were sent to the bank's board of directors expressing concerns about a recently hired executive based in New York. Staley had recruited and was friends with that particular executive. Staley proceeded to use his position and the bank's security group, so internal resources, to try to determine who wrote the anonymous letters because he viewed them as false and malicious. And this is actually a thing that you see inside organizations. People, management will often assume that the whistleblower is, you know, malicious or disgruntled or just unhappy or just got fired or something along those lines. It's actually intended to discredit them. Staley was not successful in determining the identities of the reporters in that case, but he was fined personally over a million dollars by the UK regulators and Barclays Bank took away his bonus. And Barclays was was also fined $50 million by U.S. regulators for failing to properly deal with the situation. So a perfect example where regulations do come into play and actually do the job of protecting the whistleblowers. Exactly, exactly. And sending a signal to the business community that this kind of action will not be tolerated. Okay, so now on to true or false number five, whistleblowers can offer credible information. 
That is absolutely true. From my past experience and at Clearview, I know from speaking with our clients, there are so many examples where a single report um, has led to incredible results. For example, one report means uh, investigators find patterns of fraud costing an organization millions and millions of dollars a year. So not only does the report stop the fraud, but it helps the organization determine what it needs to do to prevent the fraud from happening going forward. So the information information actually offered by the whistleblower is not only credible, but it's actually invaluable to the organization. Yeah, but um, find that perhaps there are opportunities for people to abuse the system. We get asked that a fair bit, actually. And uh, it's not to say that from time to time there are people who attempt to abuse the system. That definitely happens. But based on uh, feedback from a survey we did with our clients a few years ago, the abuse is actually very rare. Uh, because if it's a good system, the, the stakeholders, the employees and stakeholders value that channel. They value the opportunity to speak up and express their concerns. And so they don't want it abused. Um, but, uh, but when it does happen, uh, it's rare and uh, I find generally readily identified by the organization. Okay, last true or false. Detecting fraud is an amazing way to get a measurable return on investment. Absolutely true. As I mentioned earlier, I think when we were chatting, Lynn, research shows that organizations with good ethics reporting systems have improved profitability, improved workplace productivity, um, fewer lawsuits, uh, fewer reports to external agencies, and really importantly, a healthier workplace culture. And those are pretty good returns on an investment. Those are great returns on investment. I think overall, there's a really strong business case uh, for putting in a very functional whistleblowing system in all organizations. Um, so we're going to conclude now, but I wanted to see if you had any final thoughts to add. Whistleblower programs and ethics reporting systems, if done well, can be an absolutely huge source of insight and information to an organization about what's going on, what's going well, and what's not going well. And so I always welcome the opportunity to have a chat with governance professionals, corporate secretaries, compliance and ethics officers, professionals who are supporting boards or audit committees or HR committees and governance committees to talk to them about how they can use their systems and programs better. And so it's a really great opportunity to be able to come here today and have that talk with you. That was great to have you. Thank you so very much. Such an important topic and so much more to cover and talk about. In fact, this was part one of a two-part series on this topic. The next part, we'll talk about the evolution of whistleblowing, legislative issues, challenges that organizations face, and key elements of an effective whistleblowing program. So we look forward to having you join us on the Governance Voice at GPC. Thank you so very much. The audio in this podcast is brought to you by Impact AV Solutions, building valuable partnerships and customized event designs for each of their clients. They utilize their technical and creative expertise to deliver the flawless execution of each event, making each one an unforgettable experience. Impact AV Solutions is based out of the GTA and is able to service events across Canada. For more information on their services, please visit impactavsolutions.com. This podcast was brought to you by Governance Professionals of Canada, or GPC, your voice for governance professionals nationwide. Our mission is to influence and promote leading governance practices, be a catalyst for establishing the highest standards in Canadian corporate governance, and to promote the recognition and success of Canadian governance professionals. For more information on GPC and what we do, please visit gpcanada.org.
That's gpcanada.org. Tune in next time for our take on the latest in corporate governance.